tabletop role-playing game freelance mentorship or the TTRPG Freelance Mentorship Podcast hosted by Decorate's Radio. I am Crystal Mazur. I am going to be the host um, for our very first episode in this series called Getting Started Writing. Um, a brief overview of our series is that the goal for this is to help people who are interested in freelancing or curious about how freelancing works. Maybe they are fans of some of the writers for some of the RPGs. They follow them on, on social media and are curious about what it is they do. Um, or somebody who is in freelancing already and maybe struggling with a certain part of freelancing or wanting to connect with other writers. Um, and we're taking certain chunks of freelancing and breaking them apart and dedicating an entire episode to them. I will also be doing show notes so that if you are looking for specific answers to questions, we can definitely, uh, or you will definitely be able to search that out in the show notes. So um, I am here with my two, the first guests that I have for this podcast series, which is Carrie Poli and uh, Whitworth. So, hello. 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 <laughs> um, and just for full disclosure, Carrie is my sister-in-law. Um, and David is a part of the Darker Dale podcast series. So, um, on to, oh, uh, on to, um, our news section. So. Okay. So in quick, some quick news, first off, Gen Con is coming up. Um, hopefully this podcast released before Gen Con, that's the goal. Um, myself and Chig are going to be recording two um, different panels. First one is Horror in Gaming, where we are going to have hosts from Chaosium, as well as from um, Odiphius and Renegade Studios. And uh, we are also going to be recording a Darker Days Raid podcast episode. And Chig and I are going to be questions, but also going into some other fun stuff on that. I am also hosting or co-hosting a panel on this topic. So the TTRPG Freelance Mentorship with Pat Edwards, who is a writer that I worked with on um, both Sirens as well as the Red Opera, co-hosting this panel there live. I'm guessing there's going to be no coughing various. Form <laughs> <laughs> um, not the form that, yeah, no, no, not that specific form. Um. Uh, but I've been uh, debating Sorry. on pixie sticks, just because I want to be Chig's problem. <laughs> pixie yeah, sticks. Yeah, make, make Chig do some work for once. <laughs> He's going to listen to this and be like, man. All right, in other gaming news, <laughs> um, Trinity Continuum um, Aether, which is the Victorian steampunk um, setting for Trinity, um, is currently on Kickstarter for the next 20-ish days. Um, if you are a fan of Trinity at all, um, it is a fantastic Kickstarter, fantastic game, um, beautiful art, look it up. Um, and then Dave, did you? Yes, yes. So as, as Gen Con is coming up, that means we have the, um, and got the voting going out, uh, in kind of relation to the Darker Days Radio, Cult Divinity Lost is up for all eight within that category. So the Labyrinths and Secret Chambers book is up for best cartography and best related book. I know last year the best cartography was won by Alien and that is fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. So they're, they're in, they're in a good crowd with that one. 
and also the Beyond Darkness and Madness scenario is up for best writing as well. So Cult, on a side note, there's also one of my favourite games has gone up for a Thirsty Sword Lesbians has, is up for a fair um, Ennies as well. <laughs> And we need yes. to. We definitely need to get that game going at some point, don't we, Crystal? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. I, I, I need to be in on that. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic! Oh, it's it's a- absolutely beautiful game. It's open world, all about relationships, having so much. But that's for another day, and it's not really hot. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, um, Hunter Fifth Edition is now out in pdf and full copy Uh, and i know that chris hopefully doing a review of that Um, yeah we got to give them time to read it yeah so we the pdf has been out for a couple of weeks the physical book is now so yeah the next in the fifth edition world of darkness is out and available for people go check it out and we'll have a review for that Um, yeah and i think that's it really isn't it yeah, um, so quick time with Gen Con for both of your announcements is that I will be at the Ennies um, cheering on all mm-hmm. of my um, friends who are nominated this year and hopefully toasting to them winning. <laughs> um, and then also there is a Hunter 5 launch party hosted by Renegade Studios, which is at the same time as the Ennies, unfortunately. Um, but if you are not going to the Ennies because it's not really your bag, that is okay. Um, you can totally go to the Hunter 5 launch party um, and hang out with ev- almost every single writer that is at Gen Con will be there, um, as well as a lot of the other people who write for Renegade. So if you are fans of anybody that writes for Renegade, you'll probably see them there. All right. Um, so I'm going to have you guys introduce yourselves first and kind of get into how you got to this point um, with your freelancing, how you got into it, what interests you, and either what you think your strengths are or even like your weaknesses in it, stuff like that. Um, I'm going to have uh, Carrie go first and then Dave and then I'll go and jump in last. Alrighty. Um, how I got here, I'm not sure to be completely honest. Um, I started writing uh, just short bits, and people told me I was funny, which I'm not really sure if I agree with them or not. But so I was encouraged to write bits, just story bits of whatever, flash fiction, whatever. And I ended up here because people are like, these should be published. I'm like, okay, but I don't know how to do that. And they're like, oh, you know, if you, you can do freelance and just, you know, you know, either self-publish uh, a, a book or whatever or, or submit it to a magazine or whatever. And I, there's no real uh, handbook for doing that. Oh, now you want to be a freelancer. Chapter one. So I have no idea. So I have I wouldn't say I have a wealth of stories that I'm sitting on, but I have a bunch of stuff that I don't know what to do with. So I don't know how to get from like step one to step three. What happens at step two? So, and and that's the very legitimate feeling, um, because there are a lot of different avenues into getting in freelancing and getting into publishing, and we're gonna kind of talk about those a little bit later. So that is a very legitimate you're having. Okay, good, because then it's like, okay, well, I could do short stories that you know, because short stories or you know, flash fiction or whatever seems to be, you know, that the freelancing you're putting it toward a, a collective communal publication, or do I need to like sit down and hammer it into something bigger and then just self-publish? someplace else it seems like that's almost like two different arenas but they kind of have somewhat the same beginning steps yes so all right um and then dave 
Yeah, um, um, kind of fell into freelance a couple of years ago. Chris from Darker Days Radio reached out to me um, to work together many moons ago in Games Work to start the Dark Hammer series. Days Radio, and from that there was a, some scenarios within the Warhammer. I co-wrote one, conveniently forgotten the name of, despite it the most popular thing that we've written, the Warhammer Fantasy with the headless. It's been translated into it's, it's quite a pop. And that was the first thing I did, and I just kind of fell into because Chris has his own. It has the experience having done a community content we wrote there together and pitched it to Google 7 and they said yes and so it got published I kind of sat there and went holy <laughs> I, I, I was never experienced ever expecting this to happen it was one of those forever GMs who has all the stories who that I want to tell never even thought about writing them because I didn't really know anything about that at the time then being brought into Dark Days getting to do that Chris and then from there, I am now with all three of the Warhammer RPG, so Fantasy, uh, Soulbound, and Wrath and Decay game. I have worked with Crystal through Darker Days Radio and Red Eye Games. Red Eye Games? Third Eye Games. Third Eye Games with the PIP system. And then I've got some through Darker Days, Volition, side project. And so that's kind of, it kind of, I just fell into it. And from there, I went, oh, oh, I've got all these stories and all these ideas. There are ways to tell the stories without actually having find a, a, to tell them. We can go down. It's been an, it's been an amazing journey. And from all this over the last couple of really good we can't really talk about on this Don't episode talk about it just yet not yet <laughs> no <laughs> not yet but i've had two good bits of news uh, that relate to to slow it can it like from my initial burst of writing for warhammer equal seven and the content so there's this initial burst of amazing stuff watch this space on <laughs> all right so my story is kind of similar to dave's um, in that I did kind of fall into it. So I'd been doing workshops on using games and uh, comic books in the classroom. I'm an educator by day. And a friend of mine who um, has been who had been writing in the RPG space for quite some time by that point was like, hey, I, I want you to write for this. I want you to write, make write reviews, write you know interviews and stuff like that. He wanted to get me writing. And I kind of balked at that idea. I'm like, I'm not a writer. I don't do that type of stuff. You know, like it, I, I haven't been trained in it. I'm, I write in run on sentences. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I, or stream of consciousness. I wrote in that for a while. Let me tell you, that is hard to edit. Um, I stopped doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he finally um, sat me down and he's like, hey, I need a scenario for this open source game, which was First Fable, and it's going to be a Halloween scenario, and I need you to have it done by, what was it, September 25th or something like that. And and you have, so you have a month. And I was like, what? No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. And he's like, yep, yeah, it's going to be record, or it's going to be uh, published. Um, I have an artist already set up. I also have an editor and a layout person. And yet you're going to have a physical book. And I was like, What? And so, uh, yeah, that's I kind of got shotgunned into uh, freelancing, um, and and now, mind Welcome you, I to did the get world. <laughs> right. Um, I I do get paid for that. Still, it is by it is by sales on Drive Through RPG. Um, however, I do donate all of my sales to whatever project because of the individual that owns First Fable. Um, there's a controversy around them. Um, and I don't want to take down the scenario because it has brought a bunch of role playing. Um, but I donate my port to, um, yeah, to our project. So, um, yeah, so it, it kind of started from there. And then um, the layout person for the book ended up being Aloy LaSanta, 
who is the owner of Third Eye Games. And he approached me like a year later. And he was like, hey, I have an opportunity coming up. Um, I remember you writing from uh, the first Fable game, and I really loved it. I think you'll be perfect for this, especially since you are an educator, you work on kids, um, and you have that perspective. I want you to work on this project. And it ended up being the PIP System core book. And uh, I ended up writing it, and uh, I wrote a quite a significant chunk. I didn't realize how much I'd actually written for it until later <laughs> when uh, reviews started coming out of it, and they kept bringing up like the portions that I wrote and I was like oh, I wrote that oh I wrote that too oh I wrote that too um and so it was really cool to hear and then it ended up winning an any in 2018 and I was completely shocked um because that had been at that point that was only my second project and so wow. for it to for it to win an award um as it being my second project was really amazing um and <laughs> During the Ennies, yeah, but it deserves that award. It's an amazing system in book. Oh. I think it needs a bit more recognition to what it actually shows. Oh, thank you. Um, I am I'm very proud of it, and I, Aloy is also very proud of it. Um, the two of us worked together very closely on a lot of stuff for it, and we want to make sure it keeps going. Um, but during the Ennies, um, Aloy had asked me to go up with him because I had been promoting the book, talking about it. Um, running scenarios with it and stuff like that at conventions and he was like you have been working so hard at this book I want you to go up and speak with me and I was like oh okay cool and we get up there and then he starts speaking because he's the owner and he's the the person that wrote it it's his baby it's his idea and he looks at me and he goes and I want to introduce you to the lead developer for the PIP system and I was like wait what <laughs> and <laughs> <Dun -dun -dun> <laughs> And so he shotgunned me Imposter right into... syndrome. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, not that I wouldn't have said no or anything like that had he asked me beforehand, but it was just really funny because that's the kind of the relationship that Aloy and I have is that we kind of like, oh yeah, let's just do this. And then like we go from there to like amp it up into like a thousand and go from there. So, <laughs> um, but that kind of springboarded me into doing a whole bunch of other projects um, and my, uh, mentality around it, uh, which is if I have the means, um, I say yes. Um, and that's kind of how I ended up being published so much. So, nice. um, so yeah, so that's how I got into freelancing. Uh <laughs> so I just haven't fallen into is the right hole yet. Is that what's impressive. happening? <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I, yeah. And David, yeah, I do. I, I did not realize how much how many names and titles are attached to my name um, until I searched myself on drive through and I went, oh, there's yeah, like two pages here. You have an here. impressive backlog <laughs> in there. It's like it's not just the number that you've got; it's it's the size of those projects that you've managed to get yourself attached. Things like Chicago by Night and stuff like that. It, oh yeah, it's it's been an amazing journey, and I'm I am extremely grateful. And I realize the privilege that I have of having a lot of big name stuff attached to my name, which is why I wanted to start this because stuff happened on a project. I'm not going to talk about it too much into detail on this po podcast, but I will be talking about it. I could talk about it in spaces and I probably will mention it a couple times. Something happened and people were questioning what was going on. And so I spent a lot of time kind of bringing people up to speed as to what a freelancer actually does and the goes about. And so 
that's where I got the, the idea. I had this idea brewing for quite some time. I'd had a conversation with um, um, Charles Erbach, who is an amazing artist. Um, right. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, it's Charles Erbach. Um, he, uh, he is an absolutely amazing artist. I had a conversation with him at Gamehole Con last year about how we've been running into more and more people who are baby freelancers or freelancers who want to get in or freelancers who are struggling with things and then nobody to talk to and reaching out on social media gets them nothing because it's a lot of times it's a lot of white noise surrounding them that it's so hard to get so I wanted to make something where go to look for specific things and that's what I came up with this um so I th we're gonna I think what you what you've done oh, with on. this now now knowing kind of your layout of this is going this is a going to be a great resource for not just for stepping up to start but for people like me as well who's in but kind of then at that point how do we how do we go and how do we and how to and just kind of giving those tricks about the trade there's not much out there for for those free for freelance and if you're trying to put mm -hmm. your name out there and say i'm a freelance all these other stores certain do i want to be involved with you don't want to be involved in that side in the so amazing stuff going out there this is going to be a really good way for learn beyond the uh I'd say. <laughs> yeah so let's talk about some of the different challenges that each of us because we are all in different phases of where where we are for freelancing right um oh yeah so so i want to talk about some of the challenges and um that you are either over in the process of overcoming or you faced and overcame and how you overcame those and what resources you use specifically because i think that putting more and more resources out there is going to definitely help others. So, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, um, tear this because I want, um, Carrie to speak first because her challenges I feel are going to be very different than Dave's challenges and my challenges and stuff like that. So, so Carrie, why don't you start? Start, start, um, challenges that I'm facing getting what I have done so far out there. Right. Um, First of all, is not knowing where to go. I mean, I, I've looked at, you know, Storyteller's Vault and whatnot uh, and some other places uh, for things that aren't game related. And it almost seems like, yeah, come here and there's like a big sign, but behind the sign, there's this, this featureless wasteland. Like a, not that there's nothing there, but I can't decipher what I'm seeing. Uh, so... It, so it's, you're like standing in line and you've got your manuscript in your hand and you've got a couple people saying, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. But you don't know how to put it into their hands into the appropriate format. You don't have the means necessarily to edit it, to layout, to graphics, to do all that other support system. I guess I don't know if that's the right term to use um, to make it uh, acceptable to the, the ones that who will be in charge of publishing it, you know, because nobody wants a manuscript that has, you know, run on sentences and terrible spelling. And, you know, you're losing your voice halfway through uh, shifting perspectives. Uh, so it's like, I don't know where to go. The hardest part, I suppose, is actually getting something done. But then so you get something done and you're looking at these different avenues of publishing and it's now again it's like another step who do i talk to and like and how do i get the support staff and you know it's i there's nobody to reach out to you know both the, the two of you were talking about how you know somebody reached out to me and said you know i'd like you to work on this or i want you to work with me on this uh somebody starting out doesn't have that network to to call on me like hey can you can you look at this and make sure i've got my formatting laid out can you know you tweak this on you know whatever graphic program that you have so i can get some a good picture for this it's, there's there's 
if you don't have the network, how do you navigate up into the point of actually putting it into somebody's hands finished or mostly finished? Because I'm sure that once you give it over to them, they're still going to make some corrections. But I think that's the biggest one I'm looking at right now. Okay. Um, so a couple of things is that uh, some of those answers are going to be coming later on in the show. Um, I've kind of switched stuff around show notes to you guys. Heads up. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I do feel like um, uh, that um, first off, I will say like you, you said that layout is a big thing. If you are submitting stuff, usually layout is not going to be the thing that they're looking at. Um, and that's because they know that writers aren't necessarily layout people and etc etc like i am i am not a layout person yeah, we were talking about this uh, uh, last yesterday weren't we crystal like layout sucks i suppose it, it also depends on what you're i suppose it also depends on what you're submitting like i'm sure because you know s submitting you know any sort of like short or a game mechanic or whatever is different than like doing a novella or a novel or oh yeah definitely yeah. oh yeah, yeah yeah very much if, if you're I, looking at kind of self-publication and, and doing going through indie content stuff layout you have to do if you've yep. been commissioned by a company then all you have to do is is, is send them a, a word document or a google doc in the style that they want it and then they do all that wonderful wonderful black magic in the backs if it right all that. yeah i am i am very much the meme of the microsoft word where you add, you know add in a picture and then all of a sudden everything shifts and sirens are going off in the background <laughs> that is me for layout <laughs> I laid oh out God, it's, several. I've <laughs> I've laid out several of my community content things, and and please don't like they are awful. Like they are laid out so poorly because I am not a layout person, and I understand that that is not my strength. <laughs> um, it, it, so yeah, it's, it's not just you though. Word is renowned for this. Uh, yeah. Being a scientist as well, I, I, I use another, we, we write a lot in called Latex, which is meant to have specific code written into it where you can kind of define where pictures go. And it's meant to be like hard coded into it. And it still doesn't work. He's like, put this picture right here and you state everything that says it should go right here. And it's like four pages later and you're like, what? So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's across, across sins. I, I will say that one of the biggest things that I do is I'm a very very much a visual thing. If I want to if I have to write something, I have to visually be able to see it. And um, I, I know this drives layout people crazy. I use tables a lot, um, especially for mechanics, just to even even just to like separate out visually stuff. And then I will put it into because because a lot of places will have what's called a style guide, and the style guide is what you need to use to submit your work. A lot of times the style guide will have the different fonts that you need to use, the sizes, the indentation, whether you are using M dashes or regular dashes, um, are you using the actual bullet point mechanics or are you, are you actually physically putting a point there? Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of places will have all of those specified in there and you have to use that style guide. Um, and the style guide will kind of give you that layout a lot yeah, of times. I think before we go deep into that, I think we can kind of talk about style guides kind of deeper later. Yeah, section. yeah, because I've written because one they're, for they're, Pip they're system. A, they're a so. beast within themselves, style guides. Oh yeah. All right. So, um, so some of the challenges that I have currently is that um, I am trying to overcome my own brain, and that is so hard. Um, I, uh, especially with like. Starting with 2020, my brain has just been all over the place, and that I, I just watched um, the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once, and my brain feels like that sometimes. 
where I, I, it's hard for me to narrow it down to one specific thing to focus on. And so like, that's been the challenge that I have right now. Um, because it's, it's challenging to be working on projects and not being focused on them. And I, I know a lot of people do struggle with that. I never had this much of an issue, <laughs> uh, since, uh, except for in the past couple years. So I, I can fully relate. I have so many projects on the go, sit down and settle. My brain is like, Oh, this will be cool for this one. Yep. Half an hour later, like, Oh, cool for this one. And I think all even this setting up this recording years... <laughs> was hard. <Yeah. laughs> It's like over the last two years, we've we've all had this kind of, we, we had obviously the world went into a shit storm with COVID and people started working from home and getting weirdly having distractions at home. Brains were allowed to explore a little without the gaze of business. So oh, like yeah, that's why I started so many projects and I've got like half finished community kind of stuff going out there, half finished pictures that I want to throw up there. And it's just like. I get an idea, start something, get distracted, and it's like, ooh, the new shiny. So I, can I think we're all also in like survival that. mode at a certain level. So like, you, you can't sit on any one thing because you're, yeah, you're in survival mode. I think for the last couple yeah. of years, which kind of short circuits the brain. Like you can't, you don't want to lose yourself Very because much. you know some sort of animal. Like, gotta pay attention. Gotta pay attention. Yeah, I, I had a sent uh, to go up to the vault. I was hoping to have it up end of nineteen. It still sat there waiting for layout and a final edit and i fully blame the last two years the world you got this <laughs> you got this i read through <laughs> it you've got this yeah it's just also knowing what chronicles of darkness layout is like and i'm just like Ugh. <laughs> all right um so um david you want to talk about your i just put that in there because i just completely um but it's, uh. it's it does kind of relate to challenges I don't know how many how many people into dark my history. Um, I lived in Japan teaching English because that's what you when you're out there. But I luckily, weirdly, again fell into Japan through teaching, and I fell in the the visual cave and actually fell in the production in Japan, who are effectively Japan's yeast rock group out there. They are, if you know anything about Japanese music, you know it. And I fell into fell into them and translation of lyrics and web stuff, translations of Japanese. And then I was working about a guitarist without going into the, he passed away, well, suicide, massively, massively salt, famous with Japan and is a massive Japanese rock and music. And I was asked to translate some of the book that they were producing and write full in introduction. And I'm like, I've never done anything like this. I've never <laughs> done anything. And I'm suddenly being asked to write what's going to be a very, very well book. And so that sort of throws up. Uh, this this was a very, very long day before I even. It's when you get this acceptance from out where someone comes in and go, I want you to work on this. And then you're yep. suddenly like, oh, shit, really? That you, you want me this thing that is going to be really quite big i know it's another topic that's going to come up later and it's kind of that that yep. kicks and you get to a certain point the freelancing stuff and you get you've got enough title behind you that companies then kind of either companies or other writers to you and go can you write for us you're like you have that kind of mental shock i'm not worthy how do i then and obviously that is something that we are going to my side but when when i got this offer from the, this music label in japan hey very pig can you write the introduction to this book for i'm like <laughs> shit <laughs> i can try <laughs> i'll try and um the problem was another challenge that as a freelance or come up you are doing content is editing i was the only english speaker yep. and i have dyslexia and so you're oh, asking no. me to write an introduction that i have to edit myself <laughs> for a book 
and I can't spell or do grammar? What? <laughs> oh, this is a good leeway into the next section. <laughs> yes, it very much is. And that's kind of why I'm going to put that in there. So, so let's um, say, as, as a quick yeah. thing, let's say dyslexia does not stop from doing this. I'm a perfect nope. example. I'm published, in, like actual published, and I have there, quite strong dyslexia. So there are don't worry many... about it freelance writers that have dyslexia and dyscalculia. There are ways for you to get your brain to work with everything. And there are actually supports that I'm going to talk about um, that are built into some free programs um, because I use these a lot with my students um, with special education needs and with other sort of reading shows and stuff like that. So we're going to get into those. So our next segue, yay! Thank you, Dave! <laughs> is Thanks, what I get things right every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> is is what programs or or stuff that you need to get started so first off is that um when the gaming industry started everything was written by hand or typed on a typewriter and um in order to be published it had to have I remember those days oh I my gosh the dark days the so, ancient time and, yeah and it's one of the it's actually one of the reasons why companies like paizo and watsi are actually in person like they um they are two companies um, that are not remote and they started off not remote because shipping manuscripts across the country trying to keep them from getting leaked is extremely hard wow yeah i didn't <laughs> and, even think about that and so so they they started to uh, and tsr was one of those two if you um the newest tsr history book by the way is absolutely amazing it's written by one of my friends um, and I'm in the middle of it. If check it out, and you'll see why some game designers are in person. Like they have, they are in groups um, or at an actual physical location because of the shipping costs and trying to edit a manuscript when you're trying to cross state lines with it and stuff like that. Is is the back and forth is it was really really challenging. And so it started that way. But now that we have things like computers and laptops that are rampant um, within our society, at least within our country and other more technological countries, um, we have advantages first, that first others... First world country. Yes. I, I hesitate to use first world, but yes. yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, the first thing is, is that there's word processors. And the free one is Google Docs. And that's actually the one that I use the most. And that's because it auto saves for you. Um, yes. I am horrible with it, saving. Google Docs is, is because it, one, it auto saves and it's easy to share. Yep. So yes. It is super easy to share and collaborate. Um, it, it apparently is not so much so fun for layout people with certain programs. And I understand that. Um, no, it's but really you, not. You can you can copy and paste into Word, which is what I what I do with certain specific companies um, who request that we use Word. I'll copy and paste it because if you just download it as a Google Doc into a Word, it, it won't format format the read it to for a lot of those documents. Just copy and paste it, format it into that that way, or write it in chunks and copy and paste the small chunks. Whatever you need to do, but um, Microsoft Word is getting better. I will say it is be getting better, especially since they now have that cloud um, uh, that you can write in 
um, so like the Doc X. Yeah, it's uh, like it's OneDrive. Yeah, the, but yeah. kind of on on that same idea that again we'll put this later. You'll find that a lot of companies will throw their style guides at you in Word. Yep. Because it allows that layout. Um, yep. And it is you can so actually much just easier erase, to do that. Yep. You can erase the or you can you know make a new template based off of it. Um, and then the other one is Scribus. So Scribus is a a program that a lot of people who write for film scripts or comic books will use um, because it is highly formatted. I do know that I think Magnus Archives use, use Scribus too. Uh, Rusty Quill. Um, I'm fairly certain they use Scribus too for their their podcast episodes for the um, the writing of it. Um, and what it does is it allows for a much easier time to move things around within your document. So like a chunk of writing will actually be its own like post-it note is how I free like picture it. And you can move that post-it note around a lot easier within that document versus Google Docs. Or, um, and it allows for easier formatting and stuff like that. It is a paid program. It is, I think, reasonably priced. However, again, um, I... I do not work a minimum wage job, um, so please take that with a grain of salt um, because I do feel like there are other programs that you can save up money for later that are more worth your time than Scribus. Um, but if that is something that helps you or helps your brain, definitely go for it. I've never heard of Scribus. It does have like also, a free, yeah, I think it's like a free week or a free month of use. Um, so you can actually try it out for free for, for, a, certain, for a certain period of time. Um, so yeah, I, I I think I know like one of the free. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, but Scribus is, is something I've never heard before. But if there's something out there that, if, especially if you're doing something like Magnus, or you're doing more kind of like the live play actual, it sounds like kind of then make that into with that kind of scenario. And then okay, so moving on is going to be grammar. So every every writer needs a editor, honestly, <laughs> truly. Yes. <laughs> I need about seven. I and. And it's, it's not because, like, I, I will, like, I teach kids who struggle with writing. And I always say that even, like, some of the best writers are actually teach the me. worst writers. <laughs> and um, I've had students who have come up with better stories than I have ever, and I have ever be able to dream of. Um, and so it, it, it doesn't matter just how skilled you are in writing. If you have a good editor and you have a good editing program, both of those will help support you. There are two that I recommend. The first one is Grammarly. There is a, there's the free version. I think this is the one that you were talking about, Dave, right? Yes. Yes, it is. It, it has been phenomenal for me. I ended up buying the, the, the actual program and honest and truly, it is worth the money um, for me personally. I, I am it, this close to buying the actual, because I now actually have a job and to do things. I am very close yay. to buying it because of aforementioned yeah um and one of the biggest things that it does check for is um whether it's passive, passive voice voice yep yes i have problems with what that. i will say everybody has the problems free version with of grammarly <laughs> so what i'll say with the free version of grammarly is is it is it's a web-based uh it, it's mostly web-based so if you're working through Google Docs, or the web-based Word document, even emails. It, it'll, it'll, it just applies instantly to all of the things that you will write on a browser. Um, the paid the document... We are seeing... You go oh, ahead. Sorry. sorry. The, the, the paid version of Grammarly will allow you to open up in an actual program 
for Word. So, yeah, like, so it'll, it'll, it'll port everything to Word. Yep. Um, what I found is that with because Grammarly has now come out and it's free, this free thing, I've discovered that Word, the, the online Word, and the online Google have roughly uh, um, checks on them as yep. well. So if you are working with Google Docs, have Grammarly because then they'll both work together and pick more up, just one of them by themselves. But they are relatively... What Google Docs and Words don't do is, is that wonderful passive voice that I suck at. So I, I have Grammarly <laughs> for that very reason. The, the, other, the other thing is actually a free website. Um, so if Grammarly is not your thing, um, you can go to the Hemingway Project. The Hemingway project will only have a certain number of word count that you can put in there, so you have to copy and paste. But what it does is it checks for passive voice, it checks for clarity, and it checks for grammar and spelling. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, it's what I used before I got Grammarly. Um, I, used, <laughs> I used it for several pretty big projects. Um, one of them was over 18,000 words that I wrote, and I went and copied and pasted the entire thing in Hemingway. Wow. <laughs> That, it was that wow. was one of the reasons why I went and bought Grammarly. <laughs> there are also there, you can go if there's something you're specifically worried about with it within your thing and you don't want a passive checker. There'll be little things where throw a send check for passive, but it won't like the. There are ways around it that, but if you're looking at doing this kind of thing as a, a more long term, like Grammarly for Grammarly is definitely it, it's again like you were saying with Scribus. It's affordable. Um, I feel it has a, a time. Someone obviously minimum wage. It's probably a little bit of an, what it works at at Grammarly on, on this base. Absolutely. And then um, one of the things that I use when I'm um, getting a, a team together for a writing project, and I know, Dave, I've told you this to death, but if you are writing a scenario for, for a specific um, program, what you want to do with that is to... Um, uh, look at every sentence as if it's a story hook. And that can actually help clear up a lot of the passive voice. So, yes. Um, yes. And so, so taking a look at it that way, it doesn't work quite so well for fiction. If you're writing any sort of fiction, it, it doesn't quite work that way because passive voice will end up being in fiction in some aspects and some parts of it. But for scenarios and for um, writing for world building and stuff like that, thinking about every single sentence as a story hook is going to help kind of get you past that passive voice fairly organically. You may not even have to think too much on it. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of how I, one of the things when within, within, I was throwing in that part. When you're doing commission or company, quite regularly you don't see final edits come out. And you don't see the change, especially if you with a big cover where they have a lot of editor background. So you give them your scenario, and then suddenly it's published, and you're like, "Okay, where did that come?" From? Um, <laughs> what are steps two? Like two, right in the middle. You got one, and you got three. What happens in the middle? Yeah, um, we. I suppose we, we can talk That's about for that further. In, yeah, in, in probably the next <laughs> in the next bit or, or later on about that weirdness on. that happens when you're working for a company. But I had to train a thought. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> No. Oh, um, man. Oh, I derailed you. Yeah, so pass passive voice is what we're talking about. Yeah, so if you're looking at content, you don't have someone who is going to check these things for you unless you, like I do with Darker Days Radio and Crystal and Chris and Mike and Digan and everyone in there and my own stuff with uh, the Drunken Storyteller where I have another check thing. We can bounce things around and understand that kind of... Passive voice is something that we... I actually kind of want to emphasize this because it is a thing within it. When we speak, we use it quite a lot. It's, it's how mm -hmm. we interact. But when you write, it's you have to describe things that passive non... In an interesting... Yeah. It, it's it's a clinical. weird thing. 
Yeah, you've got to be a little bit more clinical. So, Crystal, you said something that I've, again, completely forgotten. You said, and you said it, it made me think of, think about it as a, as you're trying to, ex so like, like with me when I'm doing my science, and I'll explain the result got, I'm going to be a lot more short, concise with what I'm saying. So world building, explain the world as it is, rather than going, putting ing words like that be more concise writing don't don't think about how you talk to someone about it think about how it should be written and there's also the and then there were zombies check like if you can add and then there were zombies to the end of a sentence and it makes sense it's passive voice i've never um, heard that that's awesome you always need zombies. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no i've never heard that and then oh, then there were yeah. zombies i'm, I'm gonna i gotta write that down hey <laughs> Um, also, if you can add, a sen if you can add, and then there were zombies on the end of everything, it also makes it a million times cooler, but wrong. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like everything's better with a flamethrower. That's the idea. Yes. All right. So, um, and I'm going to have a specific um, uh, episode dedicated to resumes, CVs, and um, writing samples and what they are. But I'm going to go over really quick, like how to build your resume up, because writing resume is, is not a traditional resume. Um, and in fact, having it like I have never I, I only submitted a resume once and it was because I had only one thing published to my name and Aloy had asked for one. And so <laughs> I gave him my resume, um, tweaked it for writing specifically um, and like why I would be a good writer and stuff like that. But since then... I have found that having a list of your published content, as well as writing samples, um, go a lot further than having like an actual traditional resume. Um, and again, we're going to go over what those actually are in a different episode. Um, but things to do to kind of build your resume up, I'm going to put self-publish on there, but not for the things that Carrie is, is specifically asking for, because she's asking for larger projects. I am talking about things like lasers and feelings, where it is a one page RPG with all of the rules on that page as well as your character. And you do I love things. This game. <laughs> I know it's great. Um, and and what and and so doing things like that, and it's free. Um, the person that created it has it free and it's an open it's an OGL essentially where you can actually take the basis for lasers and feelings and put whatever skin you want over it as long as it doesn't violate any sort of copyright or trademarks. Um, <laughs> so um, it's, it's there basically is... like community content. There's a yep. uh, it's a Creative Commons license, so you can go off and take the 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 concept, apply it to your own. Yep. So you can take things like ideas that you have rolling around in your head spin it for just a one-page RPG and put it out there. Um, and you can actually publish that on DriveThru. What's it called? La it's called Lasers and Feelings. It's based off of some fairly well-known star series that I know that, you know, you totally aren't a fan of. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I know that Dave and I touched on community content a little bit. Um, and there is the, is there really a demand for it? Um, and I will say it depends, um, because yes, there is. I do know people who do community content exclusively for their income. Um, and, and that is because community content isn't just a one payout thing. Freelancers normally will only get one payout for their word count and that's it. 
um, or two pay payouts split up between the word count and stuff like that. Um, but community content is anytime someone purchases a product, you get a percentage of it. Um, that is how Darker Days Radio does it. And we have a decent amount of downloads for our products. Um, and so uh, was there any specific questions that you had about that, Carrie? Um, not specifically. Again, I'm so new. It's like I don't know what I don't know yet. Um, yeah. I guess the idea is that I, you know, I've gone on to Storytellers Vault and I know that they've got the, the Creative Commons and whatnot, uh, but it seems, I don't, I don't know if that's me or not, it seems like it's hard to search. Like, you know, if you're looking for something, maybe I'm looking in the wrong place, but um, when I'd go searching for it, I'd find the company publications, not uh, the, the, I want to call it the fan stuff, but I suppose that's community, like the, the non-publisher oh, okay. So it's like so I don't so to me when I go in there it doesn't look like there's a lot one or two that there's a big demand for it because again there's not a lot um, but maybe it's I just don't know what I'm searching for because when I go in there and I look for you know character sheets or you know uh, source books or um, uh, fiction whatever I seem to be finding only the company like I'll I'll find Onyx Path I'll find White Wolf I'll find uh, those but I don't see Bob. Or like yeah. I don't know what the yeah I don't, I don't I don't see any like standalone artist who might only have like two to their name or anything like that. So got it. So I am uh, I'm going to search real quickly here um, okay. because I want to make sure that I'm I'm saying things correctly. However, I do believe when you search for community content, it's going to show up. Yeah, because um, so so here is the trick with that. Okay. Community okay. content is always going to show underneath the publisher. And that ah, is because okay. that is who technically owns that setting or that the, IP, the, the yes. world. Yeah, the IP. Yeah. And gotcha. you have to look. Yep. So you will have to look at the front. So within Storytellers Vault specifically, or like with um, DMs Guild, there is a logo that will be on the front cover. And that is required to be on the front cover of all community content. So Pip World has one that has to be on the cover. Storytellers Vault has Storytellers Vault like right on the cover. Because um, I just I just looked up the Darker Days Radio products and all of them are under White Wolf for the publisher. But they all say Storytellers Vault, either the new logo or the old logo when it was published because there's an older logo. Um, is right on the front cover. So you have to look for that that sticker there because of how the licensing agreement works with with that for i hope that clears it up it does because you know i like they're talking about there's supposed to be all this like community content stuff and i go in there i'm like i don't did i miss the file did i did i don't have the secret password i got the i need the hand the handshake but okay that makes a little bit more sense now that it goes under the ip yeah the issue is i find when i kind of i branched with dark days radio a lot of darkness we're instantly in that storytellers vault world uh-huh. i have recently got very very involved the freely and they have their own community. but it's well advert websites or drive through on drive through you've got the page up at the moment on the the left hand side you've got a list of major content so dm's guild storytellers vault war game vault pathfinder infant but if you're looking for other systems if you don't know what their community you're not going to find it. Despite the fact that Free League are rapidly major, not many works the Free League. So unless you actually know that, which makes then though the community very, very focused in a small... So I have I have a couple of League workshops for the game. There's a few. Nothing like we get with... Because Storytellers Vault's well-known Dark Age. Free, uh, Free League Workshop is not 
big, despite the fact that so it's, yeah. it's kind of knowing that these things are out there and knowing if you, if, if there's a if there's a world or right, look up the system and then like say examples of darkness. Chronicles of Darkness will throw you at. Look for the name yep. of the game that you're looking for with community content. Will throw you at if there is. Not all have community content, unfortunately. I'm working on. Yeah, I know that there are other ways around that. So. so then it's just a matter of like. So yeah, okay. I'm, I'm looking at the page now. I'm like, oh yeah, there's like this little tiny thing that I just. If I'd clicked on the cover, I would have seen it, but I didn't. So, gotcha. Like, yeah, oh look, there's yeah, all this little that, stuff that I missed. You have to really, really look. Really right. I'm like, oh. Look. Yep. Okay, it was right there underneath my nose. <laughs> so, all right, so a couple other ones would be to... Oh, go ahead, Dave. No, I just hit me wrongly. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so a couple other things that you could do would be to write reviews, interviews, or articles for a website. Um, you can even start your own, or you can guest publish. Um, I know that there are um, websites such as... Uh, uh, Flames Rising and um, others that are looking for guest publishers for everything. Um, with your reviews, I will give you a, a huge, huge tip. And it is that if you do not like a product, that is okay. However, I urge you to stick to the specific things in the, the game and what you might have liked to see. So always offer an option of what you might have wanted to see instead of that. Um, avoid... Constructive criticism. Constructive criticism. Um, it, it could also be considered academic criticism because uh, you have to stick to what is published, not your feelings. Um, and, and so... Uh, if you are looking to be published by a company, let's say, and you do not like the latest thing that they are, are put out, don't write a review saying that you could have done it better. Don't write a review <laughs> bashing things like I, and I, and I mean like going extreme, right? <laughs> like it's obviously you are allowed to I, have I, your I opinion. Think of a, I, I can think of a few names being up in head right uh, now, no, but we'll not get weird. into that. <laughs> um, if, if you want, if you want some ideas on like how how not to write reviews, look at some of the things that are considered woke or or you know in the quote unquote woke, um, and and just look at those reviews. Like if you ever want to be published by 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 that company, don't do that, um, because we appreciate constructive criticism. We appreciate ideas, and we appreciate ha like seeing things from other perspectives we do not like i don't know anybody that likes to just sit and get railed on. i i don't and so or or do what i do like if you don't like something and it is really really bad just don't write a review on it um <laughs> i have done that for just ignore once. it if you don't like it don't yeah. interact with it. you can always yeah. just say no like yep. if it's not um, there was something we I, I can't remember we were having conversation not every game is written for a person so I think it was about Thirsty Sword Lesbians the games that actually I love. yes it was it was yeah it's like we were both like me Crystal we, we were saying this is an amazing game the way it's written it's yep. something views out there were just like no we just don't get it we don't understand yep. it not every game it's designed it may not be written person so don't get offended games that because then yeah we see this quite regularly especially within the world of darkness of the darkness games yep we'll not get into that but yeah all right um 
<laughs> Next topic. I, I, I went down the rabbit hole there. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll continue. Let's go into podcasts. Let's go into podcasts. Yes. Podcasts. So um, another thing that you can do is start your own podcast. Um, y- y- there is some startup cost to it. Like you have to have a mic and stuff like that. Um, but there are ways for you to be able to do low to no cost podcasts out there that you can just sit and talk or interview um, or uh build up an audience that way, um, start getting into some creepy things. I'm fairly certain this is how like Magnus Archives started was they just started to put stuff out there and then uh, it turned into a huge thing. Um, I keep using Magnus Archives, but that's because they're they're going into publishing and stuff like that now too. And so, and I'm with you, so. Give it a um, boost. Yeah. Um, collaborations. Um, so, um, doing a collaborative work. Um, so one of the things with community content is, is that if you go on some of their discords, cause I know that the drive through RPG discord has people looking for community content writers working for what's called commission base. And this is going to come up in my don't work for free thing. Cause I always say that. Um, but working for commission is huge for community content. And that is specifically because a lot of times it is not done by publishers is done by indiv- independent people who may or may not have the money to do it. (laughs) Right. Um, And so um, the specific channel name for the Discord um, that you can get that information on, because I get pinged all the time, is the drive-through Discord. And I can actually, I can see about getting a link posted, because I know that the Discord links um, have an expiration date. But I can see about getting an uh, a eternal link for our show notes as well so that you guys can get in there. Um, but you guys can collaborate and do a percentage of sales for some of those collaborations for community content and is a great way. Excellent. So, and um, the, going back to the idea that I don't know what I don't know, just the fact that they yeah. have a Discord looking for people, those are, I guess, sort of the kind of like the resources that baby freelancers would have no idea to go looking for because like you know there's no chapter one go here um and i understand you you can't spoon feed everybody on how to do this but just knowing where to go to get that edge on yeah that's just to get their fingers in the door absolutely and the other one the other one would be to go to specific publishers discords as well what you can do is reach out there um a lot of times they will post hey we are looking for writers we are looking for submissions Um, I know that um, a couple of of publishers have already done that um, in their in in their discords and various discords and stuff like that. So if you are interested in any of that, I would specifically go there, too. Um, And those are places to discord has slowly become more and more of a of a community building place. Um, And if you are not familiar with discord, that might be something that I end, end up putting on a new podcast um, for this series too, because I do believe that Discord, um, while it has its issues, it's getting a lot better. Um, and it is, if it is a curated or moderated community, it is a very, very good. Yes. One thing I will say about Discord Discord is amazing. Love it. You can end up being part of millions of Discord and just get lost within. Them. So Discord is a really, really good way to, if if you're looking people within the community of getting. So there's multiple ones out there. All the independent. It's a really good way to get involved within the. the be aware that these are international chat. Effectively, chat 
rooms, I suppose, is the best way. Kind yep. of, if you don't know what they are, they're chat rooms. If you don't have a lot of free time, you can get very lost very quickly. Do I have not learned. Be afraid. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The mute button. The mute button <laughs> and button. and mute notifications. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ignore. Yeah. Mute everything. Um. Don't be afraid about. Don't be afraid. If you, if there's something, if there's a really good idea that you've got to kind of go with, say, for example, what I did when I discovered that Soulbound, Age of Sigma, Soulbound, having already worked with Cubicle Seven, I sent them a pitch, and I knew that there was already discords and things out there. But I'm 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 going to say I'm I'm an old fuddy duddy. I I can't cope with social media and things like that. I, I it's not my forte. So I just reached out here's my pitch would you be okay and so don't worry about the fact that you see these millions these games discord is brilliant to promote yourself it, go that route. you have to you can still become yep. so without unfortunately it is becoming the way that and a lot of companies now reach out to but you do need to pay attention to it if a lot of prolific within a group if you've got a cool idea and skip that kind of go straight to the company just reach out and just go for it yeah but discord is brilliant a pain in the <laughs> all right and then um Creative Commons license. This has been coming up more and more. Um, specifically, um, the biggest one that I've seen was with SCP, um, the SCP Foundation, uh, which um, is also a really, really awesome community. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you haven't were interested... Thought, haven't they just like put something out as well recently? I'm just seeing those art... adverts on, on Facebook Yeah, they have an art book about... out. Yeah, and so um, the Creative Commons license, what you want to do is you want to look it up, and it's similar to a um, open gaming license or OGL, and so what you want to do is you want to make sure that you read it through all the way to adhere to those licensing rules. Um, uh, uh, is Morkborg a CCL? I'm not sure what Morkborg uh, I thought it was lies. OGL. It might be OGL. Um, okay. But it's just what it was. It was one of those things that I remember. A lot of things they stake when when they get released, like uh, Merkborg and another game that I don't. I'm actually I'm not going to say that because I'm not sure if they've actually officially. Um, um, they, yeah. they say that they come out on a, under a Creative Commons license. Um, and that's different which than basically an OGL. Means yep. you can. Yeah, an OGL. So uh, again, like uh, what was the game we were talking about here, Lasers and Feeling? Yep. That's a quotation mark Creative Commons license. And as you were saying, read it because there are many different types of Creative Commons license. license. What these are basically is you can take the idea and self-publish it through things like Kickstarter or to create you your can't own do worlds. And so there's there's a lot of it, it, it's you. It's it's an open with limitations. So, so there's some Creative Commons. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say so. Uh, so depending on the the system or the genre or whatever the world, that some would let you. I mean, publish in Kickstarter. That's so that way you can get it printed hard copy and not just like Creative Commons where you can only publish PDF on Storyteller's Vault. Is that the difference? So... I mean, yes. So Storyteller's Ca Vault is not Creative Commons. So oh, there's Creative um, Commons so on Creative Commons allows results. you to own the rights to it. Yeah, Creative Commons is something very different um, in that you can create multiple different types of media. So, for instance, you can create like art books or podcasts or stories or videos because um, like SCP has like a video series on YouTube um, and they also have like TikToks and stuff like that. Where and the people that create those own those ideas and those videos and stuff like that through the Creative Commons license. 
However, Storytellers Vault is a little bit different because you are publishing, it's more similar to an OGL like what um, D, uh, Fifth Ed has. Um, and so uh, you, there are a lot more laws that you have to adhere to and things like that. Um, and you can't kickstart stuff for community content um, that is not allowed through the community content. It's allowed through OGL. So mm. like you can kickstart something mm. for Dungeons and Dragons. You can kickstart something for SCP, which is a Creative Commons license. Um, but you cannot you cannot kickstart something for like Storytellers Vault or DMs Guild. You have to publish through uh, mediums that allow you to Kickstarter or any other crowdfunding source. Okay. So one one of the ways that the the one that I know about because I've I've had ideas to go down certain is Merkborg Swedish. It's an OSR role play based in this Doom black metal weird ass world and it's brilliant. And there's been a load of Kickstarters that come out. So we've got Cyborg taking the Merkborg world and running it through a cyberpunk. And basically all they've done is taken the rule system from Merkborg, applied it. So Creative Commons allows you to literally use the same change the world. Whereas if you're going into um, Storytellers Vault, Freely Workshop, do you have to work within very, very specific? Creative <laughs> Commons allows you to push those boundaries. So if, if you have a system that you really, really like, and one of the things, one, one word that I know has just come up and come up, the system that is in Numenera that I can't remember, I can't remember oh, what it is. No. Um, but it's just, it's just come up as a creator. So if you like the world of Numenera and you like the that it works, you can then create your own worlds and systems from that. Cypher um, system. It's a cypher, cypher system. Cypher system, that's the one, yeah. So there's, there's now a Creative Commons license, or it's, at least it's coming up. I don't know whether it's out or the Cypher is a Creative Commons. So if you like that world and that system, you can then build upon that within your own work. It's so, it, the yeah. Creative Commons is something that is used quite regularly within science because it allows us kind of say someone's idea is we've got there's this idea that is cool. Can we build upon that or can we other idea? And that's how we know that there's certain there's this really cool idea. We test it. Okay, so um, moving on, I think I'm going to do. I'm going to add the different licenses. Because um, I feel like we could go deep dive into all of those. All the different variations thereof. All the different, oh, yeah. God, yeah. And there's a lot. That, that, that's three hours of conversation right there. Oh, yup. My goodness. All right. We don't want to bore guidelines. people straight away in the first episode. <laughs> that's episode five. So let's say that there is a company that um, accepts submissions year round. So I know that Onyx Path does. And they have very specific submission guidelines. Um, and others, others will put out calls for submissions. Others, you have to kind of contact someone first. Um, and others, I'm still trying to figure out, Watsy, um, how to <laughs> submit, um, for working with them. Um, so some of the things that you can expect for submission guidelines. So first off, when you look at a submission, um, that you're looking to submit, check out to see first if they have a style guide. If they have a style guide, you need to apply it to the writing that you are putting in there. And that is because they are looking for people who can follow style guidelines. If they don't have a style guideline, that's fine. Um, what I usually do is I like to try to lay out things as best as I can within Google Doc that, so it looks somewhat similar to what the published thing is already. So I will purchase or um, look up in my archives because I have a ton of PDFs of different games um, uh, that um, I can look at, look at the style and kind of write things out the way that it's kind of stylized. 
so that I can be clear and concise within what I am doing. Um, if they have a word count, and I know this is something, Carrie, that you were talking about earlier with word count expectations. So if a company says that you can have, um, and I'm going to use OnyxPath as an example, OnyxPath does have everything on their website, by the way, you can look it up, please do so. Um, but they ask you for 500 words of mechanics and 500 words of setting or story. And what they are looking for with that is for you to be very precise with your word count. If you can get to exactly 500 words for each of those, that is a bonus. Do not go over. <laughs> um, do, do not go over. And what they are looking for is for you to take the, the things that they give you and make something that is dynamic. And I'm going to say dynamic because it doesn't necessarily have to be perfect. What it does have to show is that you are able to follow directions, that you are willing to challenge yourself, and that you um, are able to um, take direction. In other words, if, if for instance, you do get, happen to get feedback on something and you submit again, take the feedback that they give you, apply it to your writing and submit from there. Companies are gonna have very, very different expectations across the board. One company may want you to like do exactly 500 words. One company may want you to do 2000 words submission. That's a huge submission, by the way. Like it's a lot to read through. Um, <laughs> but basically they're looking for you to have to, or looking for you to come up with something brand new or something in a setting. It's vague for a reason. And, <laughs> and that is because that is because they don't want someone that cannot be creative with what they are given in so much as like it, like if you ask for a very specific box, okay, for a writer to write in, you're not going to get a lot of differentiation when it comes to ideas within that box. Right. Um, and so um, they are looking for you to be able to take these and condense it, condense your ideas down to a very small word count, your mechanics down to a very small word count, because 500 words for mechanics, it, you go through that real quick like a lot quicker than you realize with yeah, fiction. It doesn't seem like a lot. It does. It, it's, it's, words is, is I will, I will tell the story once we've gone beyond this about 500 word, word counts and why guidelines, yeah, 500 words is not much. Nope. And so what they're looking for you to do is to be very clear and concise with your ideas, have an idea that um, is either interesting, new or challenges expectations Mechanics should be clear. They don't necessarily have to be perfect, um, but they definitely should show some sort of cohesive thought behind them and possibly even giving reasoning. So um, if you've ever looked at like D&D spell mechanics, they are very narrative in their storytelling when it comes to casting that. So if you can tell a story within your mechanics built in, um, that's all the better. It's role playing. So, that's what you need. Yep. Is that's how yes. I work with it. And yeah, so, so, so um, that's kind of why they're so vague. So, all right, Dave, yeah. go ahead. So, five hundred word 
word limit. These are a special though. Um, Age of Sigma Soulbound the RP. If you buy the GM screen, it comes with a booklet of a load of scenarios within. These are all 500 word scenario and what we got was basically uh me and chris are both within this we have both published with scenarios within within gms um what we got told when we did this was 500 word scenarios and we were given a city or and yeah we were given this yes i think it was we were given a city within the setting of age of sigma and told to write a scenario nothing more than that and if anybody knows anything about Warhammer Age of Sigma, well, there's a lot of shit happening in that world. <laughs> and if you just say, here's a city, tell us a story. Well, there's over 50 different factions within the game, like the tabletop miniature games, Age of Sigma. There's, I, I'm going to say 50. I may be wrong. It may be less than that. But there's a lot of factions within the game itself. And yes, you may be given uh, Hammerhall, which is like the biggest storm, uh, Stormcast Eternal City, holy city within the realm of humanities within the age of... But within there, every other faction is acting. When I looked at this and I, I got given the city that I was working, I went, how can I work and tell a story that is different what everything else that Games Workshop have ever put out about this city? Can I expand upon the law that they've already and also create some so you need to when you're putting these pictures forward and understanding the guidelines one you need to know the world that they're working with. If, if if you want to put a pitch forward for a game you obviously need to know the the world that they're working but then you also need to know how you can mess with that world within like how far the you can push of that world how far can you and um i i pushed it to a point where i um well, both 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 Soulbound and the the Wrath and Glory game that I did, I pushed it to a point where I, I didn't think they'd say yes to certain things. Well, I knew Cubicle Seven would be okay with it. Games Workshop had to sign off, and I was like, oh, I'm saying things here that they, <laughs> they might not like. Um, but it came back, and and we'll talk about this later. Most of what I said was okay, um, but a lot of the wording changed, and there's I, I I've added something about expecting to change. So. I, I, I've got some really good I, I I got my ideas out there. They actually happen not in the way that I really wanted them to, but then you all, you have to have that kind of... So the guidelines are vague because they want you to build these wonderful stories, but also for you to understand, for, for them to know that you understand the world you're working within. Because if I'm going to go into, uh, let's say, Wrath and Glory, and suddenly like Abaddon suddenly comes out and just starts destroying worlds, and that's my that's my... Uh, scenario for wrath and glory abaddon comes out and he's like smashing worlds up and you have to go and kill abaddon destroyer like, well he's a major character in the world why 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 are you destroying that you have to understand understanding the world i think yep um so does that kind of help carry um a little bit kind of i have it and i have no idea why this eludes me as badly as it does um with in regards of like where to go and how to go about it uh yeah. i had another thought there and i immediately just lost it uh, put a so, pin in that. We'll come back. <laughs> we've got an episode about that in a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, um, you know where to find me. Well, if you're looking for where to find submission guidelines, you can always um, look at company websites. Um, a lot of times, companies will also have stuff on Drive Through RPG um, as far as how to submit stuff. Um, uh, they might have something on there um, or a document, anything like that. Um, you can reach out to the company. Like you can, a lot of times they'll have like, say, Hey, email the company. Ask. 
Yep, just ask. Do not ever be afraid to ask. Like, if you know somebody who's also written for them, so if you you are looking to write for Cause of Darkness or something, you've got email Crystal. Crystal knows what to do. (laughs) Um, She's written for everything. She she understands the the entirety of the world of RPGs. Email Crystal. Uh, Sorry, Crystal. (laughs) Your your email box is now going to be full. I apologize. Right, I'm going to be spamming her every day. (laughs) Crystal! You have, Crystal you have is my cell like phone, so you can just text overlord. me. That's right. I could, I could just text you, but you know, you don't, you don't want, you don't want to exhaust somebody and then be like to dread, like, oh god, she's she's writing me again. I just, I, I can't deal with her. Oh god, could, does she talk about anything else? That's just no. No, that's fine. No, Crystal doesn't. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> all right. So you, let's say you've gone through all of this. You've submitted you've built up a resume or your writing and stuff like that. And now you have your actual first assignment. So what does that look like? Well, so I'm going to be using some titles here. I'm going to be using developer primarily. Developer could also be considered the project lead or the creative director. Um, So it really depends on the company um, that you work with and where their background is. So I use developer when I'm talking about like PIP system or anything that I'm working with um, and anybody that I'm working for. So the developer is the person that oversees the entirety of the project. They are the large view person. They are the one that's managing the project. They are the ones that usually have the outline or wrote the outline and have an idea for what they want to see in that project. And they are usually the one that hires on a writing team. Okay. Once you get with that writing team. Sometimes you'll meet, sometimes you won't. Sometimes you'll meet on a Google Meet or whatever. Sometimes it's just you and the developer. Um, So one of the things that I always say, and I gotta get better at doing this, is you can ask once you get past the hiring point, who is gonna be working on the project with. And this is for a safety reason. And I feel like more companies need to be a little bit more transparent with this in ways that they are able to do so. So if there are people that you are uncomfortable working with in industry or who um, you may have may have worked in the past, I mean, even if this isn't your first writing, writing, ask who's going to be on the project, because you once you get hired onto that, you you still can say, no, this, you know, I don't feel comfortable with specific people. You can name them if you want. You don't have to. Um, So, yeah. So ask who's on the project. And then the developer, what they do is they give you the portion of what you're going to write. Now, here is the weird thing about this. A lot of times you are going to be asked to write things that are going to be broken up throughout the book. For instance, when I wrote for Chicago by Night, I was told, write the kindred history for Chicago by Night. So I wrote it. And I... That's a lot. Oh, yes, it is. That's like... That's... I can see how that's one section, but also then scattered throughout the entire book. If that's you, a massive ask. If you if you look at it, but he, so here's the thing. I'm actually really glad that they did it that way because I wrote the Kindred section and um, another individual wrote the Chicago mortal section, like the actual history of Chicago. Oh. And that helped to give two different perspectives to the events that were going on and what events were important to kindred history and what import what events were important to mortal history and remind me to ask you about vampire the requiem and something with that 
okay. which kind of relates <laughs> to this idea that I really so, need to kind of get on. If you if you look at the final product, both of those histories are masked throughout the book. So I wrote this whole one big document, but in layout, it got broken up. And I'm really glad they did it that way, because if they told me that I was writing a history for this section, a history for this section, I would have been so overwhelmed with information and trying to connect with other writers and trying to figure out what worked best for it. Instead, I just wrote what came naturally to me when it came to sticking out for kindred history and the research that I had done with it. I have read all of the Chicago by Night Chronicles, as well as most of the <laughs> Beckett's Jihad Diary at this point. <laughs> Um, and so, so, uh, uh, if you would have been like, okay, you're going to need to write a history thing for this subplot here. And I'd be like, oh, okay. And then I have to try to deep dive into what would fit best. Instead, I just wrote what came naturally and it actually ended up working so well within the whole context of the book. It's kind of cool. So, yeah, it was a real, it that, was, that's, that's a really the company approach they gave you that kind of free reign to I wish I'd at some point had that experience with a little bit more guidance it's 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 occasionally nice to have that wonderful the, the developer go here remit develop everything and then we'll we'll, we'll yep. work with it unfortunately it doesn't always work like that and there are certain yeah. companies out there who will just go no we want you to do it this way this way this way this way and give you and basically write it before you've even written it yeah I've they just want you to fill in the blanks I've not experienced that but just just be aware that I think me and Chris, are, we, we've been very lucky in the way that we've, oh, we've have come across it. But then there are certain companies and certain things that are to like. Really. Maybe they'll ask you to ignore everything, do what promotes them over yep. what... Yeah. But that's um, a conversation. Yeah, that is another conversation. Um, so yeah, so so a lot of times you won't actually have like a whole chunk or, or chapter. Sometimes you will. It all depends on the project and how they're going to be... What's the vision for that project? Because... Um, Matthew Dawkins had a vision for Chicago by Night already, and he was able to map out how he wanted the writers to approach everything. And he did it in such a systematic way that, you know, to be honest, if you would have asked me at the beginning and and I would have been able to, not under NDA, tell you, you know, hey, I'm writing the Chicago history chapter. And I would have thought that I was doing the entire chapter and it was actually broken up. Um, I actually, I prefer it the way that it is um published because it is gorgeous and it flows so well um that it's not dry like other history chapters are um ndas oh, are beautiful yeah they because are. <laughs> they allow you to do what you want to do and then not talk about it because then you don't know what the final product is going to be it's like i'm really excited yep. about what i'm doing and then when it comes out it's like actually that's better than what I would. people yep. are producing it know what the fuck they're doing yep um, and especially like if you're working with someone like matthew dawkins obviously well look at his history he's, yeah if, if if he asked you to do something you know he's got a plan to, to so just sometimes you have to just go with the flow yeah, absolutely um so another thing um with this is that word count and i want to stress this a lot because a lot of people don't realize exactly what word count is word count is exactly how many words you have to type on a subject and you are given a specific word count some companies are a little more lenient than others I've had it where um, that, that there's a very strict word count because they know exactly how many words is, are on a page and they have planned out pages specifically for layout with specific art that they have that you have to meet those word counts um, or it's the, the layout's not going to work. 
And so you have to be very, very careful with that stuff. And if you are going over word count or you are significantly under word count, you need to reach out to your developer and have that conversation of, hey, where can I fill this in? Or, hey, I am over and I know I'm over. Can you help me either pare this down or can you go through in development and tell me what's going on? You know, um, so those are conversations that you definitely have to have. Um, I I and... would stress to a lot of the people who only get given not word word count within content amorphous thing. If you are sort of a word count, really have that conversation with the person hiring you about what that word yep and about how they want you to approach that. I have been on projects where I have been massive of those counts and they've said yeah if you expand these points and and go through you can expand it. Yep. Been brilliant things. And then I'm in projects where I've hit the word count and they're like, yeah, this is cool. No worries about it. You can fit around this. They're really happy with it. The big problem that I've always had is when I've hit the word count and they've gone, can you restructure you've written and do it this way within the specific structure because we've got structure. And then it adds in a couple of thousand words. And you're like, yep. okay, cool, cool. Right. I can do this, but I know it's going to add in words. So where do you want me to cut this? And through personal experience, I've gone through this. I've asked, where do you want to cut this stuff? And I've had no response. Always fight back. Get that feedback. Just try and, if you don't get that, like, you're never going to get within Within anything that you do, if, if no one's got feedback is going to be doing, then you're never going to get better. So yep. if someone says, well, we're not going to hire you because the last project you did was 6,000 words over limit. Well, I've got emails you that I asked, how can I fix this? and you didn't respond, then make sure you have a good count. So word count is not just you knowing that there's a word limit, it's you knowing from the from the company what they mean by that and how to yep. kind of react to that limit. Yeah, and um, again, making sure that you talk with your developer about all of this stuff. If something is not clicking with you or not making sense, definitely reach out because they'll be able to help you. Uh, they may be able to help you come up with a, a tighter outline um, for your section that's going to help kind of guide you as far as what... Um, 100%. Yeah. Be, be, make sure there is communication. Always. Yep. Communication is key. Um, a couple of other things. I know, Carrie, you had talked about things like characters and plots and in the story. Can you go through your, your question for that? Um, I'm trying to remember what it was that I had in my mind when I did it. Um, so when you're writing, uh, for, you know, a game system or whatever, uh, how, like, how tight do you have to, like, uh, canon, I think is what I'm thinking of. You know, they have these yeah, established, you know, the words, yeah, uh, established characters, or whatever. Yeah. You can't go in and kill their, the emperor undying, uh, because that's <laughs> integral to the world. Right. So, I mean, how... When you've got this great do idea, it. do it. Do yeah, it. Right. <laughs> right. When you got this great idea and you've found, like, you've you know, you've like consumed every bit of media that they have on this world, and you have found the perfect plot loophole to kill the emperor on dying, and you go and do that, it, but it just kind of undermines everything that the the universe is is all about. Are they going to let you get away with that? I mean. <laughs> I mean, like, can you do it? I suppose. I mean, I suppose maybe they will let you get away with it because somebody's going to buy it and read it and be like, this is awesome. But does, I mean, can you invalidate a world because you got this great idea? Okay. So I, I love this question because everybody wants to do it, right? 
Everybody right. wants to try and take down the Emperor Undying because fuck that guy. Um, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, jerk. everybody everybody wants to screw around with Menelaus because fuck that guy. Uh, right. you, you <laughs> um, and, and so here's the thing that that I, I have with that and some of the suggestions that I have is that first of all, um, my experience with that was terrifying, but that's because I loved all the characters, the NPCs that I was writing for. Um, it was Chicago by night um, because I had interacted with them as a character when I was LARPing and tabletop role playing. I've interacted with all those characters. So I love those characters. And so fucking around with those characters was kind of like, you know, it's personal. Yeah, it was personal for, for some of them. And so the way that I see it is, is that it's, um, and the way that I got around that mentality is that it's not just me. It is us. And if I do something that breaks the world, it better be for a reason. And if that reason is not in your book or is not the point of your book, that's probably not the time to do it. Right. Yes, you could you can you can totally try to figure out a loophole to to kill the the emperor on dying. Um but what I would suggest doing is then pitching something and we're going to get into that in another thing too, but pitching an idea on how to kill the emperor on dying and do they really <laughs> want to head that way? You know, like I and I can tell you the answer is no, but <laughs> Right. I mean, it's I mean, like, because so, you know, they have this tires thing, and if you just take out like the the central key element to it, maybe it'd be a fun side plot for everybody. But like, the company at large is going to be like, "That's cute, don't." And and, <laughs> and, that, don't. and I think that's where fan fiction comes in, right? Like, I, I would think so. I, love, I mean, that's I love fan fiction. That's kind of why I like community content. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say this. This is very much the difference between community content and uh, pitching an idea to a company who actually runs the fucking world. Yeah. So, like, yep. You talk about the Emperor and dying as like, it was like, can we fuck with the meta of Warhammer 40k and actually kill the God Emperor? It's like, <laughs> no, Games Workshop are never going to fucking allow you to kill the no? God Emperor of Mankind. <laughs> but in your own universe, if you're doing community content, Games Workshop don't have to do. Yes, you can fucking kill the God Emperor of Mankind and let chaos reign throughout the universe. Fucking go oh, for it. it. Fuck with the meta. I'm all <laughs> about fucking with the meta. All However, right. if you're I, publishing yeah. shit... Don't fuck with it. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, I, I assume that like if if you were if you were writing a story about you know killing the god emperor that you would definitely be doing that like community continent and not pitching it to the boss and being yeah. like oh you wanted me to write 500 words here's 500 words of where I, I killed the emperor and dying there you go yeah, so I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, the key here is understanding that level of how you fuck with right. a lot of the yep. worlds that people work with world of darkness warhammer i want to say dnd dnd free but there is a world within that you really oh fuck yeah with, there's, that meta? Yeah. with the picture can will, will they so, accept you saying that's God probably a situational me. awareness thing like you, yeah, you gotta so go in it realizing yeah so yeah, you so need yeah, to know we were the world to know what you can do with it. We were we were told that um, for for Chicago by night, we were told um, here is a list of the NPCs that we are going to be using. Here are list of, here, and anyone not on this list, if you want to use them, you have to ask. Um, and then we made a list of who's all died and not coming back, and who's died and <laughs> maybe they haven't died. And um, nobody dies we in were, Chicago. <laughs> no, Sorry, can we don't. do that with London again, please? <laughs> um, Nobody stays dead. 
And so, so they, they, what it's they vampire. did was they, no one was technically dead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but what they did was they said, you have free reign to kind of screw around with these characters. And if something goes off the rails with your writing, i.e., you know, you kill Loden again, you know, <laughs> or something like that. Again. Um, again. Just, just, just reach out to us and have us look it over first. Chances are, can. yeah, chances are y- y- you're fine. Like, cause, cause world of darkness is screwed up. And, um, the whole point of like Beckett's Jihad diary is to mess with that whole perception of there's a linear timeline and everything is the same. No, it's not. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, like, so it really depends on the company and how tightly their IEP is controlled and how, Yep. much of a rain or how comfortable um, people are within writing within that system. It, gotcha. it, it's yeah, it's it, all it's, dependent. Yep. It's, it's depending on how much you know about that world that you're trying to write about and how much yep. the company is willing to let you have fun with. And, and There's yeah, a like... There's thing that is written within... I, because this is the world that I know and I, I know how to kind of work within it. Within the Warhammer worlds, we have this idea of everything is canon, but not everything is true. Yep. And understanding how to relate those two ideas together. And you can see the same thing within that world of darkness. Like everything oh, yeah. is canon, but not everything is actually historic. So Beckett obviously has his own stories. Every <laughs> different faction has their own way of telling that story. Yep. And that's kind of the idea that you have to then apply to think what what faction are you looking at? Are you looking at the Anarchs, the, the Sabat, are you looking at the, the White Tower and Camarilla and how they're applying their Giovanni and stuff like that? How do they view this story that is going on? What story do you want to tell from that view? And then is that canon or is it just their way of viewing? Is it their personal and bias? As long as you can get a, and as long as you can kind of get away with the idea of going, this is just their view. It's not what actually happened. This is their view of what happened and it yep. fits within the story then it's, that's that's a way to kind of throw those really fucking weird wit story hooks into there but it's just kind of you have to know unfortunately it's not something we've really talked about and i've only only through this entire thing that we have to kind of get beyond just that community thing is is showing a knowledge of that and knowing how to kind of work within that world successfully is, is a good thing so but yeah um can we fuck with a meta yes excellent can you fuck with a meta and, and get it published when you're killing the god emperor? <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Unless they really like it. It's, it's really knowing amazing. Those, maybe it's then. knowing those lines. Please kill right. the god emperor of mankind. <laughs> I'll work on it. I'll see what I can do. Okay, so quick overview of most of the processes of how things work. And some of these are going to be different for different companies. I've had a different mix of the, the different steps within the, the, um, the way out there. Um, so, um, first of all, um, outlines, you're going to get an outline. Every writing assignment should have some sort of an outline that you can follow. Um, and, uh, make sure that if you have any questions at that point, you clarify, um, if it is your first time writing, make sure that you, um, make sure that you talk to your developer and, let them know, hey, I'm going to have a lot of questions. Please make sure you're ready for that. Um, I always did that. I still do that with new projects and stuff like that. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to have a lot of questions. They're going to come up as I'm writing just to let you know. Um, first drafts. First drafts are usually really, really ugly. Um, 
and uh, they are, are never as good as you want them to be, and they always tend to leave things out by accident. Um, and that is because uh, you're trying to get through things and work your way through everything, um, and there's a whole lot of stuff coming at you with the project. Um, once you hand your first draft in, it's going to take a little bit, but the developer will go through and do what's called red lines. Um, and that's specifically the term that I use. Some of them use developer notes. Some of them use other types of terms. Um, but basically what it is, is that it's feedback. And this could be really, really hard to take. Um, even for me, it's still really hard to do red lines. Um, and I, I, I give them to people. <laughs> so... Um, I always, I always give myself a day to, I, I look through the red lines, I give myself a day to kind of process and internalize everything and kind of feel like, okay, I am one of however many voices are on this project and the red lines help me stay within the goal. Um, so I need to look at it that way. And then that usually helps me to kind of focus up and to take care of whatever notes that I have. Um, and uh, address anything that the developer has. Um, everyone has their own process for going through red lines. I go through grammar first and then I go through all of the other stuff later. Um, and that's just how I do it. Um, red lines. And then, yeah, red lines. Red, red lines are <laughs> one of those things that um, when if, if you've done like content, you've never experienced. Yeah. And, and when you suddenly, it's not something that I've experienced. I've worked with you, Crystal, the PIP system, big red lines. And so I, I'm very, it's going back to that very beginning where we had that challenge. Yep. I am very worried that when I, when or if, where I have all this red line personal that will be planning. Yeah. That red lines will be a thing. It's again, something that I think I'm, I've, I've stepped in things slightly later is understanding that what you've written is probably try to fit it close to the company want, but is not what want. If, if, yep. if it's a, I think I'll talk about that slightly more. So yeah. red lines are a, they're brutal sometimes. They are. Um, from from a, from my science perspective, I don't. We don't call edits and referees when the referees come back. Yeah. Referees can go do one because they're <laughs> not. They 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 can be particularly unpleasant. It's not a comment about you. One yeah. of the things I think about red lines is it's not a comment about you about how it fits within the world that they're trying and as long as you separate those ideas red line yeah and i think one of the things that um like i've gotten feedback from red lines everywhere from this is about as perfect of a first draft as you can get to oh my god what the fuck happened and <laughs> like everything in between so um you know like you, you really have nightmares right there <laughs> Um, so, so you really have to look at red lines as, as the developer is trying to get everybody on the same page now that everyone has their ideas out. The, the biggest hurdle is that first draft, honestly, because once, because once it goes into red lines, it's in the developer's hands. And then once you get it back, it technically moves into second drafts. Second drafts are usually where you just go through and you tweak stuff or rewrite sections to fit the voice of what the, the developer is looking for. And that is okay. That is totally fine. You can't, like not everybody can be perfect exactly the way that, that, that the developer wants every single time when you have 15 other voices on that project. It's just not possible. Like, if I don't you know any. Like, like, what you've worked on, Chicago by night. How many writers are Chicago by night? There are a lot. 
getting each of a similar style of writing, a similar voice, a similar way of trying the, the world, that's really fucking hard to do. Yep. Everyone has their own writing style. Everyone has their own way of wanting to portray a world. And then you've suddenly got 15, 20 people all working on a single project with their own individual idea. That's when you get these red lines of like, yeah, that's a really cool idea, but can you write it like this? Because everybody, as you say, uh, multiple voices are, are cohesive in, in them. Everyone to no. be part of that that project and showing a story. Cohesiveness, <laughs> like the key yeah. to red lines. So once second drafts are done, usually that's when a writer is paid. And um, we're going to go into pay and everything like that. But I will say, even we if get you paid. are new, <laughs> <laughs> Don't I mean, me <laughs> even if you are new, do not accept anything less than four cents a word if you're getting paid per word. Um, and then if you are getting paid per For chunk, those like of I you know, in the UK, that's about three pence a word. Yeah, sorry about that. I forget that there are other countries it's too. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> <Yeah>. No worries. <laughs> um, do not accept less than point like three or four pence cents or whatever it is in the currency. And, and always, I'm talking like that's for minimum. More. Always aim for more. Yep, that's minimum. And that's for like companies or projects that you really, really want to be on and you are okay with that. Um, uh, do not work for free and I'll get into that later. Um, and then deadlines. The, so deadlines are really, really important and um, a huge stressor for me particularly. I am one of those people that I work up until the deadline usually um, because that's just how my brain is and it's a jerk sometimes, um, but I'm trying to get better at it. But if you are going to be over or you are going to be late with your deadline, reach out to your developer. A lot of times there is some wiggle room because they are working with other writers and so they have some time to give you. Um, but you have to have that communication. If you break down communication and you stop talking or you just go drop off the planet, um, a, a lot of times a developer is just going to take that as you're just dropping off the project. So that and that can be very hard for people, um, especially if you have anxiety or any sort of um, social anxiety or anything like that. Um, that can be a very, very hard thing to do. So try to find supports or ways for you to communicate with your developer to, uh, so that they understand that you're not dropping off a project, you're just kind of falling a little behind or whatever. So we'll move on to pen names. So in this day and age, a lot of people are writing with pen names um, and that is because of safety with their jobs. Um, I am very open with my um, with my district that I write games and I write games that are not friendly for kids. I write games that are friendly for kids um, and that um, uh, I've never had an issue with. However, I do not work what, in... What, vampires not friendly for kids? <laughs> <laughs> not the stuff that I wrote. <laughs> um, um, it's so... all cuddly and fun. Don't worry about it. Kids can love it. Um, so pen names are, are a legitimate thing. If you are worried about publishing under your name, um, talk, um, you use a pen name. Um, and I will say, I will say this as I am a, a very much a supporter of the LGBTQ, um, community, um, dead Thank names you. and stuff like that. Please do not feel like you have to dead name yourself in order to publish. Or if you have changed your name in the currently and you have published under a dead name in the past 
reach out to that company and see if they can change that for you. Um, obviously, there are going to be published books that, that can't be changed on. However, in materials and publications, that is a thing that they can change. Um, in drive-through, it is, it's pretty quick. Uh, PDFs may take a little bit longer because those are an editing thing. They have to pull the PDF, edit through the PDF and everything like that. Um, but please but what drive please... through can do is when you when you see when you go to drive through and you have a list of all is that link the author they can change yep. that very very yes, easily they can. very very quickly if you yep. need to reach out them. to their customer service reach out to them. they are fantastic they are one of the nicest groups out there and very very and love them yes so much support for that so please do not feel like you have to dead name yourself in order to be published please do not feel like you have to um, publish under your name and put yourself out there um, when all you want to do is just write and have fun. Um, that's totally fine. That's not, that, that is a personal choice. Um, and uh, please know that <laughs> um, it, uh, uh, I'm going to say this as like a, the RPG big sister. If anyone comes at you for dead naming or, or, you know, or for with you at your, with your dead name and that you're used, they're using your dead name, uh, come, I will, I will have words with, um, <laughs> I, because I, like, <laughs> I, w I will go, I, I will put myself out there now. It's like, I've not done this and I don't, I don't, I put it out there, but I don't think I've openly put it out. I am binary. Um, I sound very male, I present very male, but I'm non-binary. If anyone comes after you, I will fight them. I will literally <laughs> go up and fight them for you because I, I present as a very, very large, strong male, um, but I ain't. But I also am. So um, if yes. if someone has an issue with you, I'm in your corner. If if mm -hmm. if if people don't like the fact that you use he they she they and and, and have different pronouns, fuck them. It's your life. Don't. That's a different thing. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, me and Krista, we got your back. We got your back. <laughs> and there is loads <laughs> of other people out there who have got your back as well. And there's some amazing people in the community who will always yep. have your back. Do not. If a company does not have your back, they're not a company worth. And honestly, I don't know any company that that wouldn't have your back on that, to be totally honest. If there is, I haven't heard of them yet. And but um, yeah, like every single company that I have worked with or have had contact with or have friends in, they have been super supportive over changing names, over making sure to use the right pronouns and everything like that. Um, games are starting to use pronouns with their characters and everything. It is normal and it is fine. Um, and if you if you do not agree with that or support that, this is not a podcast for you. Sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah, you, so, you've, not, you've you've clearly not li been listening to Darker Days Radio for the last couple of right? years at all. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So um, before we start to end this, I have a, a little like advice thing, but I want to ask Carrie and Dave. Is there any other questions that you guys have that you came up with throughout this podcast that you want answered? Uh, I cannot think of anything, quite honestly. I think you covered like all the high points. I'm sure that I'll remember something like tomorrow and be like, oh, I should have asked that. But as of right now, I'll get to no. that at the end. Okay. <laughs> so, I and Dave? That, like, I, I've, I've not really got anything. And I, I know kind of the plan for, the, I know a lot of the, we might have 
are going to, if you do come with questions, do get in contact with us. You'll have, at the end of the, in the show notes, you'll have one tactic, three of them, and darker day. Yep. If you have questions, biggest thing, never be afraid to ask. We've stated it multiple times throughout this episode, even whether it's a writer's further along, whether you're a writer or And if they're not answered, keep asking, keep going through there. And if they don't answer, then go to someone. And never be afraid to reach out to them. I think one of the biggest things that I learned over the, or I've learned over the last five years, I mean, most people are actually okay. If you ask them to do something, most people are like, well, I'll do that for you. So if there's somebody out there that you have a connection, respect, and you want them to ask them, yep. there's no harm in asking. And if they say no, then, well, that was five minutes of your life, right? <laughs> Never be offended. Always be to ask. All right. So um, we're going to close this off with some advice. And I have some stuff for And I'm sure Dave has some stuff. And Carrie might have some things, too, that as a newcomer, you're kind of taking into... Uh, your your process and everything like that so and that's um one of the first things is to hype each other up um uh support other creators share their projects when you can um back at pdf levels do the pdf level not the physical book unless like i get physical books for stuff that i write on but your shelves will get so full so quickly otherwise (laughs) um like seriously you can still back a pdf or back a kickstarter at the pdf level um, for most projects. Backup PDF because books are heavy and expensive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Especially when you're um, moving country. As, as someone who's just moved country, yeah. PDFs are a fucking <laughs> lifesaver. <laughs> yup. Um, and, and, like, there is always going to be jealousy. But you have to learn to sit with that for a little bit and, and process that and then move forward. Because there are going to be people who get to do cool stuff. Um, such as, you know right on avatar um but that is not my place that was not that you know like i i understand i was not the writer for that that group you know stuff like that it's okay to be jealous it's not okay to let it affect yourself and others in a negative way for a long period um support other creators back at pdf levels talk about things um once you start getting into writing be very careful about reviews and this is because um, if you're reviewing products that for a company you've written for or um, or product line that you've written for, you do have to be forthcoming on that. Um, and do not review the other the stuff that you've written for. So like you will never see a Chicago by Night review from me. Um, you might see me talk about Chicago by Night or anything like that, but I will never do a review on the book. Um, uh, so make sure you're very careful about that. This is a very small industry. I don't think people realize just how small this is. And people talk. Um, If you have been following anything in the beginning of June, you will understand where this is coming from. Um, Because... Everybody uh, knows everybody. Yep. Everybody knows everybody mm. and everybody talks. So uh, be careful about how you are saying things and be conscious about that. Um, never ever work for free working for exchange of services is different I feel like um, like darker days radio we have writers developers layout people editors and we all kind of work for like sales commissions for community content stuff Um, and so we have like an agreement with all of that Um, never work for free Um, but trading skills is in my in my opinion, in some other people's opinions, and okay, but in my opinion, it's totally fine. Um, and working for commission is is fine as long as your commission is like a decent amount, not like half a percent or something like that. 
I think on that is understanding those levels. We said earlier, like accepting that three uh, three pence, four cents per word. That seems like an entire. It's an an entire entire episode. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a future episode. Okay, yeah, Yeah, I was like, that seems like a a whole lot of stuff to talk about. There's a lot to talk about about how you get paid, pay for being paid, whether it's a content or whether you commission for something like Chicago Project. It's a minefield. To say the least, but yeah, the big yep. key is never work for free. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the opposite stance there there from Crystal. Trading skills, that's that's a to me that's a minefield because you can end up with certain things that have happened, especially over the like, we've seen. And that's that's legitimate. That's absolutely. Yeah. Legitimate. But yeah, I I, um, I think never oh, never yeah, work for free. Always make sure that you're getting something from the work that you, like you wouldn't go to your day job, your 9 to 5 job whatever it is, science working. You wouldn't go to that job because that person is going to say, "Oh yeah yeah yeah, no worries, we'll give you a bike at the uh, it's understanding that that fair trade. <laughs> if if you're working for a trade of something, make sure that the trade that you're working for is actually paying off. Yeah yeah, no no, I'll I'll I'll, I'll build this fair. building for you and oh yeah, cool, I got a car out of it. But how am I going to feel feed my family? understand how what we mean by so and then dave uh, you wrote this last one yes i did and this is something that i came up across when i first started by myself working for by myself collaborating with other in my solo pictures the work that you write and the scenario that you so you you pitch something uh, a, a company and go yeah and they're like yes cool right that's brilliant write that for me here's your guidelines here's your word limit here's the style guide fit it within all you do that and you write 10, 10,000 or 15, whatever it is they do. And then you don't hear from them for eight months. And then the thing gets published. And suddenly you're like, oh, it's all come out. And everything that you have written is not there. Or is the, very the entire different. concept. It, it, it's, well, it's, it's uh, yeah, it, it's different to how you present it. The story and things are set. Expect what you have written, especially working for a company who have IP, other licenses within it. Expect your words to never be precious about what you have written, especially if you are working major, whether it's darkness, whether it's Dungeons and Dragons. The story that you write is not the story that is going to be and be okay. And I think that's that that was one of the biggest things that I, I had to when I got into, I suppose. Not, not You can write a story and they'll take that idea and then change everything about it, but keep the idea, but a lot of the... the I think that's a really don't be... All right. And so, uh, Carrie, you may not have advice, but maybe something that you took away from this whole, like, really lengthy conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I have to process it. Like, I need to go into a small room and be like, think and absorb and figure out, you know, lay it all out so it makes sense. Um, We we did plan this for... For what, like an hour? And what are we like? Two <laughs> that and was a lot of yeah. We're right? at two and a half hours right now. <laughs> um, I think the only thing I got is uh, the the main thing is is chase it down. I think is what the the main takeaway I have at this moment is that you know if you have questions, talk to your developer. If you know if you have got an idea, call the company. It yeah. A lot of it seems like to chase it down, and then you have after to be that, an active participant. Yeah. You can't wait talk, to be discovered. Talk to people. Not all of us fall into it. Talk to people. <laughs> yep. Just so. be proactive, I think your word. Yep. And it's not just proactive to the company. It's your work. Make it, yes. make it happen. All right. So um, thank you guys both for um, coming on the first podcast and for staying on for so long. I apologize for the length. Um, I'm going to have... Yeah. Hey, you two are fine. <laughs> it's still midday for you two. 
<laughs> I know it's really late for you, David. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's not um, yet midnight. Oh, well, that's good. Um, okay, so I'm going to have both of you share um, your uh, social medias. And I'll share my social media and then closing. So, uh, Carrie, why don't you first? Uh, okay, I have a blog because everybody told me I was really funny and I had to put it all in one place so they could read it. It's called Baby Carrots. I suppose I should give the web the address, right? Baby-carrots.blog. You can read all about my ridiculous life with my ridiculous children. That's all. <laughs> All right, David. I'm just working it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, other, other than on Darker Days Radio with Dark, I of Darker Days. I have my own actual play streaming service that is a little bit weird at the moment because I have really bad internet. Do actual plays over on the Drunken Storyteller and find lots of indie RP with a load of really fun, amazing people. We just did what the Shadow of Mog, that's actual really big and actual for, for over there. On the other side of that, there's a podcast of folklore. It's mainly a podcast. Me on media when and if I'm drunken. <laughs> uh, I'm really bad at social media, and I, you can also find me on drive through a lot of the twelve to. Yeah. All right, and you can and find who are you, me. Crystal? Oh, <laughs> um, you can who are find you? me. <laughs> you can find more information about me um, at thegeekypanda.com. You can also find me on social media at Body and Soul One Five Two or at thegeekypanda.com or at thegeekypanda. Um, depending on which social media. <laughs> um, if you also have questions, I am I will leave my email as well in the show notes, but um, you can email me at crystal.m.mazur at gmail.com, um, or you can reach out on social media. You can also reach out through the Darker Days Radio email or media or Discord as well. Um, so you can find all of that information. Um, we are Darker Days Radio um, our email is darkerdaysradio at com. Our Facebook is um, slash darkerdaysradio, um, at darkerdaysradio at all media. We're on Instagram, Tumblr, um, on Tabletop, YouTube, and Twitch. And our super fun Discord with a link in the show notes. Um, so please come and... Chick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am going to identify as a problem for him and Judd Khan. That's going to happen. <laughs> I am so looking for. I, 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 can, can you? Is there a possibility of it being a stream? Because I just want us to interact. I can't guarantee that we're going to have a stable enough internet, unfortunately, because we're in the stadium for some of it. And the stadium doesn't really have a good internet, internet. Or just stable enough interaction. <laughs> Both. Uh, we are going to be recording it, though. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Um, but thank, every, thank you, everyone, for joining me. Um, I will be having more. Um, releases of the podcast episodes um, after Gen Con. This is the first and only one I'm recording before Gen Con because I like my sanity. Um, <laughs> everything else is going to come you after Gen Con. <laughs> Overrated. Um, and if you are going to be at Gen Con, please come and find me. Um, I am more than happy to talk with people um, as long as I'm not headed to an event. Um, and if you are a freelancer or you are looking to freelance, I am hosting a very casual freelancer meetup it is going to be in the omni Severn lobby um and it, it literally it starts at seven o'clock on th on thursday night which is eastern stand or eastern daylight savings time Ugh. and um but y you can come at any point you don't have to come at seven you don't have to stay the whole time you can come as you are 
um, whenever you are done with your events or anything like that, come check in, hang out with us, um, listen to us tell war stories and funny stories about how art notes can get you into trouble. <laughs> if only so, I could right. get on a plane and travel. Amazing. I want to meet you in person so much, David. <laughs> we, we do need to try and get me and Chris and Pete. Yes. Oh, that would be that'd be so awesome. So, you know so what? Amazing. Everybody go buy the Darker Days Radio <laughs> PDFs that we've got out on Drive Through RPG as freelance writers. <laughs> Support Darker Days Radio, and maybe at some point we can all get together. So me, Jig, Crystal, Mike, Pete, Chris, everybody together. We'll just get together, and we can meet somewhere in the world, and you can have an in-person live experience podcast. So go support. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, everyone. Have a Thank wonderful you. rest of your day. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.